0: Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 360 and today we're gonna be talking all about international selling. Whether you are in the States and you want to sell internationally to another country like Germany, the UK or wherever. We're going to talk about that. We're going to also talk about if you are in the UK or in Germany or any other country for that matter, and you want to get started selling in the States. I get a lot of people that ask me about this, and honestly, I don't really know all the ins and outs. Now, I do have a few students in my class, my PLC classroom, that is, and they are international sellers. Actually, I've got one girl right now who's actually over in the Canton Fair, and she's been shooting videos all week long inside our class, which is pretty awesome, but she has given some background as far as like how to get everything set up and stuff, but I wanted to have an expert on in this field. I haven't had anybody yet, and I came across this guy. His name is Jason McGee, really awesome guy. Now, Jason has been a senior manager of North American Partnerships at World First. This guy knows a thing or two about international selling and how to get things set up, but also really how to save money because a lot of times we're giving Amazon more money or just the transfer rate. Again, it's kind of confusing, but he breaks it down really, really simply. But he's been working for World First for just about three years, just over three years actually, and he's been focused heavily on e-commerce development and really creating these ecosystems to help online merchants like ourselves to successfully sell on these marketplaces all over the world. Now, again, he really does specialize in Amazon, Rakuten, Newegg, and others. The thing is, is because he's been working with so many sellers throughout these past years, He's learned a ton, and he sees some of these pitfalls, and he sees how people can start, you know, saving some money as well, and uh, and also really how to leverage. Being an international seller. So, really excited to have Jason on. Real great guy. Uh, he's going to be a new father here soon. So, I'm excited for him about that. And uh, we, we had a little bit of a discussion on that. But he's just a really, really great guy, down to earth. He knows his stuff and he's willing to share. So, I want to invite you guys if you guys have a question, definitely submit a question. You can submit that question right here on the blog or on the podcast. If you go over to the blog, you can submit that comment. And then we'll make sure that he He gets those questions, and he'll probably be hanging out there in the comments section. So definitely, definitely do that. If you do want to leave a comment or even just go to the show notes, you can just head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 360, and the show notes, the links will be there, and also, you can drop a comment there and definitely do that. All right, guys, so uh, just want to also say one thing before we jump into this interview that I did with Jason, my mic, my mic The quality isn't that great, and there's a reason for that. I got so excited that when I got on with him that um, I forgot to enable my podcast mic, and I had my earbuds mic hooked up, and I didn't realize it until after we were done. I wasn't gonna go back and re-record this thing. You can still understand what I'm saying. You can definitely understand what he's saying. But I just want to let you guys know I'm aware of it and I'm sorry. But uh, it's still uh, it's still okay. You can still listen, and it doesn't sound terrible. But it doesn't sound the quality of the podcast mic. So, like I said sorry, but I think you're going to get a ton of value from this interview. So guys, sit back, relax, or if you're on the run, enjoy your run and listen to this interview that I did with my good friend, Jason McGee. Enjoy. Well, hey, Jason, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm so excited that you're here, brother. Scott, I am
1: excited as well. Thanks so much for having me. I've uh, been an avid follower for a long time, so it's a privilege for you to you to welcome me here. Thank you. No,
2: this is awesome, man. I'm excited. I mean, I've been talking to you now for the past, gosh, it seems like a few weeks, but actually it's been longer because uh, I think we got in touch maybe about a month and a half ago, but then we finally got together here in about about three, four weeks ago. And then we made this happen because you're the guy that's going to be able to help me understand this whole international Amazon sellers space as far as how do we make it happen if we're maybe someone that lives in the States that wants to sell into another country, or maybe someone that's in the UK that wants to sell in the States and figuring out not necessarily just about how to sell in those different platforms, but more of how do you get yourself set up Um, money wise, um, you know, kind of legally, right? We got to know like, what do we got to set up there? What does Amazon require? And I know that you have a lot of, a lot of knowledge in this space. And that's why I wanted to have you on and really pick your brain about this. So, Maybe before we start, you could tell us a little bit about you and kind of where you come from. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, uh, you're right. There's going to be a lot, a lot to cover here, so uh, I'm really, really excited to kind of get into it. So a little bit about me. I, I head up partnerships in North America for World First. Uh, so World, uh, World First in, in general, I've been, I've been here for, for over three years. Um, we specialize in global money movement and setting up in-country receiving accounts to collect revenues. From Amazon sellers regardless of where they're based or other marketplaces and you know we help them bring it back home uh, me and myself in the last three or so years that, that I've been here at world first uh, we've seen everybody just seen this e-commerce thing just completely grow I mean we're all kind of riding on the coattails of Amazon and I've just been able to learn a ton from talking with folks like you talking to the merchants and also just finding other partners who add value to uh, to Amazon sellers so I think mm. not only am I to talk about us at World First, but there are a lot of other really cool companies and, and just tactics you could be using that you know not we don't even do here at World First. So there's just a, a lot of positive things to talk about.
2: Yeah, no, and I, I again I, I love it that you know you've you've been in this space and you've you've seen a lot of different sellers and, and businesses and and kind of how even the landscape in Amazon has has changed and, and not in necessarily a negative way. I mean, a lot of people look at Amazon with all these changes and they think to themselves like, Oh my gosh, this guy's falling. Like that's not me. I, I still think there's a great opportunity there. I think there will always be a great opportunity oh, yeah. on any platform that has, uh, you know, that has buyers. I mean, let's face it. I mean, eBay yeah. went through tons of changes, um, you know, since, since I started online, which over 15 years ago, and they've had a ton of changes. Google's had changes. They all have changes. We have oh, yeah. to adapt, you know, well, Yeah, well, one cool thing that I talk
1: about, a really cool trend that actually helps anybody, especially selling internationally, is three years ago, it was all about arbitrage and and reselling, and that has always been awesome for selling internationally as well, but you see this rise of private labels, so people create Mm. their own brand, they don't have any sort of map pricing to follow, they don't have to get authority or permission to sell in another market, so you see, like obviously, resellers, and arbitrage model works swimmingly, but you know private label has been a positive change that gives merchants and amazon sellers just more control over when how why they sell etc so that's a really mm. positive change we've kind of seen in the industry
2: yeah no and again i mean you know people out there that are looking to shortcut things they they're the, usually the ones that are complaining like it's like yeah. the ones that are like oh man they got rid of that loophole that we discovered and now that's we can't it. do it anymore and we can't gain the system like you know it, it's like one of those things uh so I, I just want to talk to you, though, really today. And I know I'm probably going to have you back on because there's so many different things we could talk about because you've got so much knowledge just from working with all of these different sellers um, internationally. But Really what I want to do, though, is I want to break it down and really dumb it down in, in a sense because I need it dumbed down. Uh, I, I want to kind of know, like, if I was to go and try to sell in another country, which I want to eventually – but if I wanted to do that, my first thought is, how do I get a bank set up there, and how do I get an entity, or how do, what do I give Am- What does Amazon need me to have? I guess would be the first question. Yeah, so maybe absolutely. we can jump into that.
1: So it's a very, very, very good question. So everybody thinks if you're based, whether you're U.S., you're in the U.S. selling into Canada, or you're European selling into the U.K., uh, et cetera, that. You have to create a business entity and actually completely – you spend a lot of money just for the privilege to try and sell on Amazon in another mm-hmm. market. The beauty is it could be as simple as you, know, you using your in-country entity and just setting up as a, as a foreigner to sell on that Amazon market. So you oh, okay. don't need to necessarily – I mean there are a lot of benefits and there's some tax. Uh, specialists out there, I am not one of them. But there are some, uh, you know, benefits to setting up an entity. But regardless, you don't need to, let's say you're in the US trying to enter the UK, you can uh, simply go directly to the UK, amazon.co.uk, sign up as a seller there. And they don't require you to have an in-country presence. Now, there are a few immediate steps that you will need to have. You need to have your VAT set up what, what that is, is it's value-added tax. It's the UK and Europe's version of uh, how our sales tax here. Um, okay. It is something you do need to set up. You can set it up on your own. Um, there are some other companies out there like Meridian Global Services and, and, and Simply VAT. Uh, some other ones that are just go do your homework. They're all there. Um, like I said, you could do it yourself. But when it comes to taxes and things like that, obviously, you need to make sure you check every box appropriately. Sure. So if you don't want to do it yourself, there's, sorts of, there's sort of uh, you know, help there. But the, the beauty here about selling on Amazon market outside of where you live is you can take advantage of FBA. So much mm-hmm. in the way that folks use FBA here in the US, they right. have in, there's a pan North American FBA program that allows uh, you know, US sellers or Canadian sellers to sell across the North and South border. You also can set up the same thing in, in Europe. So if you're a U.K. seller and you want to sell into Europe, uh, there's a pan-European FBA program that allows you to ship to Spain, Italy, Germany, France, the U.K. So it's as simple as that. I mean, get your VAT set up, figure out how you want to get your goods there, leverage Amazon FBA. And step one is check your product. Like, uh, can you sell it there? Do you own the brand or do you need brand permission? And just, just go and do your own search and see how that product's doing over there. And, hey, if the product's not even there at all, there's a really cool opportunity to kind of create your little niche.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you this, though, because I know you are about, like, collecting the money and getting the money back yep. to us. Uh, what, what happens there? Uh, generally, if I didn't use a service that you guys have or, you know, your company, yeah. like, if I did that, how would I get the – how would Amazon collect the money and then send me the money into my bank account?
1: Yeah. So very good question. Um, so uh, so just to get it right, you, you want to know if, how, if you want to sell on Amazon, how, do you, how are you able to bring your money back home, basically?
2: Yeah. How am, I, um, how am I able to bring it back home? For me personally, I'm in the States. I'm selling in the UK or I want to sell in the okay. UK. I, I get a sale in the UK. I'm assuming it goes, it goes into an account over there. It doesn't yeah. come directly to me. How do I get – because they're probably going to ask me what my banking information is, yeah. like how to pay me. Exactly. Where, where do I, how do I even do that?
1: So here's how Amazon works when it comes to collecting your revenues uh, on an Amazon market overseas. If you're based in certain countries, for instance, if you're in mainland China and you're trying to sell onto Amazon in the U S there are certain countries like that where you have to have an in-country account to collect revenues. So you can't even set up to sell there without an account. Okay. Um, so that's where a service like world first comes in because these receiving accounts provide, you know, uh, the bank accounts, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the merchant's name, uh, you know, sort code, bank code, et cetera, to collect revenues in that market. But here's the thing. If you're in the U.S. and you want to sell into Europe or vice versa, Amazon can pay you without needing another service. But oh, okay. what we've seen is uh, Amazon, um, there, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So. <laughs> Amazon does, when they bring your money back home, there is a, a, a fee, a percentage taken out of the exchange rate.
0: So our gotcha. merchants
1: who come to world first, we typically um, save these merchants, you know, you know, up 2%, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on volume. But what we've seen is uh, the merchants who use Amazon to bring their revenues back home, uh, they've seen, you know, 3.75% taking out, 4% uh, more, less, et cetera. So there, there, there is... Uh, a cost associated with leveraging Amazon and they actually, the other thing too is it's there really isn't control. So they're going to send it back to you on a scheduled day at a scheduled time. And some people like that, but look, using a service like world first, uh, you can set it and forget it and just bring more of your profits home. Um, But that's just some of the immediate sort of baseline levels of benefits
2: from using a service. Okay. So let, let, let me understand this. So if, if I just set myself up in the UK, and Amazon will collect that money. They will send that money to me in the States. Um, no problem, but they're gonna charge they're gonna charge a three percent or a four percent or a two percent, whatever it is on your volume. There's gonna be a percentage that they're gonna add on to your normal FBA stuff that they're normally already selling you, and if I earned a thousand dollars, they're gonna charge me percentage on that thousand dollars that's coming into my bank account.
1: So, so what happens? So let's yeah, it's it's very close. So what happens is let's say that one pound. Is worth $1.25. Yeah. So for every one pound I'm owed, I should be getting $1.25 back. Sure. Well, it's not a separate line item when Amazon pays you, but if you look at the exchange rate that day and what you actually received, you may receive £one $1.22, $1.20. Okay. So that's where. so really what you can do is the day that Amazon dispersed your revenue, you can simply do a quick search and gives you a rough idea of how much was taken out of the exchange rate. So those are gotcha. those are things that, you know, that, that's that's something you don't see. And okay. usually the first step is just to educate merchants to let them know that this is kind of happening. So
2: Okay. Okay. So okay, so using a service like like World First, and if I'm understanding this correctly, maybe you can catch me up if I'm yeah. not seeing this clearly. But it's, it's kind of like you guys have bank accounts in those countries. And then you're representing my business or I have an account through your company as if I was to go into a bank of America, let's say, and then that money that's being sent in there, you're now sending me that money at a discounted rate because you're set up in that country. Is that
1: correct? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So we, with these, we have, we have banking relationships all all over the world that allow us to be able to, you know, be backed by the large banks that are out there and be able to provide these custom accounts, these receiving accounts, specifically designed to do just that. I'm gonna collect all my revenues from all my marketplaces, Amazon, Newegg, eBay, Rakuten, et cetera. And then when World First brings it back home, we provide a very, very competitive rate of exchange uh, to save to make every merchant you know more profitable because they're bringing more revenue home.
2: Gotcha, okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, so I do understand that correctly. And And now, because of that, again, it's kind of like, if I was to go through your service I let you know that I want to sell over in the UK and then you're going to help with that setup or to give me the different pieces that I need to make that work
1: yeah exactly so uh, the journey as a merchant uh, we're, we're registered with world first we would you know, obviously welcome them we do a full you know due diligence and compliance check to make to make sure we vet them uh, and then we say hey we see your base here in New York City where else are you selling uh, okay, I'm selling in Europe. Okay, we can issue you a euro account. The UK, okay, we can issue a UK account. I mean, we can even set these accounts for merchants selling into China or, or mm, Japan okay. and other places. So, yeah, we look at them. But the beauty here is our uh, not only are we here to help save merchants money and make them more profitable, we have a very wide partner network. So okay. we know that a merchant's having an issue with, you know, private label and translating, uh, you know, or, you know, translating their listing. We have a very wide network of folks that we can connect them with to help oh, solve cool. these issues. So yeah. we, yeah, we, we really try and bring this big ecosystem together.
2: So I got you. So you're, you're helping. I like, I like this. You're helping your, uh, you know, your, your customers in a sense, you're helping them to be more profitable and to be more successful because you know, as they bring money through the door, obviously, World First is going to be bringing money through the door. Yeah, So exactly. it's kind of, you know, I mean, not to, not to uh, you know, kind of gloss over that. I mean, obviously, World First is in it to make some money. We understand that. But you're yeah. also there to, to save us money. And you're also there to say, listen, we'll also connect you with some people in our network to help you build your business. If you need help with a listing because you don't speak the certain language or you need help with this stuff, you guys have connected yourself and aligned yourself with other people that can help us. And then from there, hopefully, we do better because if we do better, that means that more money is going to come through. And that means that you're going to be getting uh, the money through that because you're going to be charging a small fee to, uh, to kind of make that transaction happen. But also, you're actually saving us money on that end of it, too, because Amazon charges more um, because they're doing the trans, uh, you know, the translation of the money.
1: Exactly, exactly. So number one, yes, we are making money, but we're able to keep our lights on by making far less in, 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 than, than, uh, yeah. than, than yeah. others out there. But yeah, you're exactly right. We have a vested interest to help you be as successful as you can in one market. And then not only do we work uh, you know, closely w- w- with, with merchants on, on Amazon, we have partnerships with all sorts of marketplaces all over the world so mm. we can look at a when – since we have such a – every one of our clients gets a dedicated account manager who knows their business in and out. So we can then say, okay, well, we see you're selling these widgets. Uh, you might want to actually talk to these folks because this marketplace, we uh, they said they do very well in that category. Mm. So a rising
2: tide raises all
1: ships basically. Sure,
2: sure. No, I love that. That's, that's really awesome. Uh, okay, so let's, let's go the other way now. Okay, so I, I get a lot of people um, – in the TAS audience and they say, Scott, I'm an international seller, or I want to be an international seller. I'm in the UK. I want to sell in the US. What's the difference there? Or what, how does that work?
1: It's very, very, very similar. Um, it, it, it's very similar. Um, so in that case, uh, merchants from Europe and the UK, they don't need an in-country solution to collect revenues. We're a very, very good, nice to have, but they can obviously get started without it. Um, it's, it's, it's the same things as before. Um, you, uh, you need to, you know, figure out how you're going to get your products here. So you need a logistics provider. You need to decide how you're going to fulfill. Are you going to fulfill yourself? Uh, you know, fulfill by merchant or do FBA? The other thing Mm. too, is the little subtle differences on the, the language side, the beauty is you don't have to do a full translation, but you want to make sure that like we call tennis shoes, tennis shoes, they call them trainers. And making sure if they're, yeah. if they're listing correctly and needing to make sure that it's in the proper verbiage.
2: Right, right. So Yeah, no, that's, I get that 100%. So let me ask you this, though. So if someone's in the UK and Amazon's going to collect that money for them and then send that money to them in their country, are they paying additional taxes to get back over to their country? Um, that I, I have to deflect that one. Not a tax expert
1: here. But what I okay. will say is well, what, what's more important is um you know, Amazon is becoming, I mean, we've all seen Amazon, you know, talking about, you know, you know, all sales tax in the U.S.
0: Oh but yeah. I yeah, would yeah. say in, in yeah, that yeah.
1: case, rather than, um, you know, uh, rather than obviously just ignore it, which I think a lot of folks do, I think it's really important to bring in a company like uh, a tax or, or, yep. or Meridian yep. in that case, just to make yep. sure that yep. so some, some folks take kind of a, uh, some states kind of take a gray approach to it. But I'd yep. always say urge, uh, you know, rather be safe than sorry. I mean, there's, yep. we work with a company called Nevada Corporate Planners, Scott Letourneau. I know he always does webinars talking about this exact model, which is foreign seller selling in the U.S. What are your obligations? What do you need to do? Mm-hmm. What should you do, uh, et cetera? But uh, OK, okay. So, OK,
2: let me let me let me flip that around. because I didn't mean it to be a tax question, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and again, just to kind of just kind of really mention that again. Uh, Jason and myself in world first is not tax experts, period. Uh, we are, we are, uh, just giving advice as far as like the way that we see things happening and, and, and from other sellers, but definitely, definitely check out tax jar. I know those guys really well. Um, I've recommended those guys. They've a ton of resources on their blog and I know you can reach out to the support and get any questions, but I meant more of, I guess, an exchange rate. Is really yeah. what I guess I'm talking about. So is there, yeah. I, I meant like if they collect my money and then they send it over, am I in, like, how does that work for someone that's in UK, but then they're selling in the US and then the money's coming from the US to yeah. the UK? So they're selling in dollars.
1: Amazon's, uh, Amazon's taking, you know, all the buyers are paying in dollars. Amazon's sitting with your pool of dollars. They're going gotcha. to trans- they're, they're transfer that back to the pounds for you. So gotcha. world first in this case we would just give uh, that U.K. merchant a U.S. dollar account to collect the money from Amazon in U.S. dollars, and then we did the last mile. But here are some really cool sort of nuggets that people really don't think about. So if you look at phases, you don't need to use a service like World First uh, in that case to get started. Obviously, we provide a massive benefit just on saving on the rate of exchange. But one thing that's really cool is a lot of merchants don't know with services like you know, World First or any other services out there, Um, they actually can lock in a rate of exchange for a certain amount of time. Mm. So merchants will want to do this for kind of two reasons. So if I'm in the UK and I'm selling in the US and I see the dollar strengthened compared to the UK, because in this case, obviously we've seen what Brexit's done to the pound, it's weakened it. That means anybody selling in the US, bringing their revenue home, they're bringing more of their revenue home. So if you lock in a rate of exchange, you do two things. One, if the rate's in your favor, you're guaranteed that rate of exchange so you have an increased profit on what you've locked it in at. But some folks, mm-hmm. they don't care whether the rate goes up or down. They just say, I, don't, I want to be protected or at least know what my profit margin is.
2: Gotcha. So they don't
1: care whether it goes up or down. They just want to kind of lock it in. So you could actually lock in a set amount for a certain amount of time to, to actually you know, protect yourself against this. How, how
2: long generally can you do that, Jason?
1: You could do it up to three years. Um, really? Most folks don't. Yeah, wow. but here's the but here's the thing. Now, getting even more deeper to that, you could let's just say you do a hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue a month. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want to lock in three hundred thousand dollars for three months. You can do a regular forward contract, which means on that exact date you have to move all of your money back, or we have what's called a flexible forward, which means that you can draw down any portion of that of that amount until you hit the, the that three hundred thousand.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Okay. So yeah. there, you've got options to lock it in if you want to. I think the scary part of locking it for a long period of time is you're, you might be thinking the opposite. You might be thinking I'm locking in and I'm, I might get a better rate. Yeah, right? exactly. In, in the future. You know?
1: Exactly. And that's the thing with us is we, we're not authorized to even provide advice on which way the market – I mean if I had a crystal ball to know which way the market would well, go, I wouldn't uh, yeah. be here. But the thing yeah. is is some folks like to do it on a very short amount of time. When there's when there's uh, unrest happening, or for whatever people choose, a lot of different reasons. But that's the okay. thing is, people. I think that the big takeaway here is the rate of exchange is moving every second of every day. So if you if you or somebody on your behalf isn't at least monitoring what's happening, then you're at a disadvantage. Sure. Um, so another example here that I wanted to share is let's say that. Uh, you know, the U.S. has, uh, you know, the, the job numbers, U.S. employment numbers are very are doing incredibly and they just come out. Well, let's say the, doll, the, the, the dollar strengthens. Let's just use a, a, a generic term. Sure. Let's say it sure. goes up 3% compared to the pound. The cool yeah. thing here is if you don't touch your pricing and how you price your products, you're automatically making an increased 3% profit margin by selling your goods at the same price. Right, but right. But but think about this. What if you th- then lowered your price three percent? You had the exact same profit margin, but you're able to win the buy box or increase sales velocity just because mm. of
2: uh, of how you're pricing your products. No, that's that's huge. It's it's almost like you. Well, here's another example. Let's say for example, you had a supplier and that supplier gave you uh, uh, a three or a five percent discount because of who you were and how many you bought. You're getting an advantage over your competition. And this way you're doing the same exact thing, except it's just with the, the money transfer. It's, or it's with the money, uh, you know, I guess the value, de- you know, depending on where your where your uh, you know, your, your country is. Um, yeah. Well,
1: huge. sorry, I want to say one, one thing about the supplier side. This is another man. This is, this action packed. It's uh, <laughs> a lot of cool things. So on the supplier side, you're right. If I'm going to buy 10 widgets, I'll get a better price. If I bought a thousand widgets, we all know that. So right. here's the thing is let's say I'm in the U.S. and I'm buying uh, from somebody in China or let's say I'm even importing from 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 Europe. Those are where my, my manufacturers are. A lot of times folks in the U.S. are paying their their supply or folks anywhere are paying their suppliers in dollars. I right. so think about this. If I'm in China, even though Chinese, uh, they, they do a lot of business in dollars, if you ask for that same invoice in a local currency. Uh, so local renminbi, the Chinese yuan. Uh, there, you may we've seen our merchants get a discount because that because they're getting priced in a local currency. So if you're paying for the same ten widgets, but you get two prices, one in U.S. dollars and one in local currency, we've seen merchants get you know a lot, a, lot, a big price break just because they're willing to pay local currency. So how, how
2: does that work though? So if I'm if I'm willing to do, like I'll give you an example right now. I mean I'm I'm getting ready to send a wire over today. Um, you know what I mean? And we got a price in US dollars. So, okay, you and I are, you know, we're having a cup of coffee together, and I just told you that. Would you tell me that I should be asking for another invoice?
1: So, here's what you should do you should go to your supplier and say, hey, I'm very happy to pay you dollars. Really appreciate your business. blah. blah, blah. hey, do you mind? Uh, and I would frame it as if you, because you, you do, you want to make it as easy as possible on supplier. So a supplier. So, supplier charges you in dollars a lot of times because they're trying to make it easy for you. If they, so if you go, hey, look, I'm willing to meet you on your level, uh, and, and, you know, in your, in your, your customs, you know, et cetera, can you also just send me that same invoice priced in local currency, the local currency that you want to receive, or, you know, Reming B in this case? And if you look at them right beside each other, and you just, you know, just, you know, go to Google or go to our website and you just see what the exchange rate is, you actually could get three, five, six, seven percent off of that invoice for the exact same invoice paying at the exact same time.
2: So how, okay. So let me ask you this though. So then how would I pay them in their local currency if I'm paying through like a bank wire or something? How does that happen?
1: So that's actually how we were built as a business is to actually make those sorts of payments. So I know we're talking a lot about bringing your money home from marketplaces, but our core business, and when we were, we were started because if you weren't the massive companies of the world and you needed to make an outbound wire in, in a foreign currency, we wanted to provide much better rates of exchange and, and uh, more competitive rates of exchange, I should say, and, uh, and the service component as well. So we do the whole outbound payments uh, wherever you're sending money.
2: Okay. So let, okay. So let, again, I'm going to ask you this, and this is on the fly here. I'm, I'm totally like yep. picking your brain. So like, let's say I say, okay, I've got an invoice for $10,000 in U S and I'm going to ask them for another one. And then they give me another one and it's, it's less, or it's, it's in their currency. And then I, how do, how do I make that work with you? Do I say, you know, hey, Jason, or whoever my rep is, you know, I want to go ahead and pay this invoice. What do I do? Do I have to then connect you with one of my bank accounts so you can pull the money and then you guys make that? How does that work?
1: So you sign up with us once you're on board and you're set up with us. Um, you say, hey, Jason, I need to pay this, current, this amount of currency to this supplier on this day. And then you can either you know, send us the funds via wire or we can direct debit your, your account. Um, and th- there are a lot of ways you can get funds to us. So we can, okay. well, once we have the relationship with you and we can pull funds from your bank account or you can push them to us, it becomes a local transaction because you're sending it to us in the same currency in the U S you're not having to wire it overseas. So you're going to see savings there. And then when we do the last mile, which is dollars to local currency, we provide competitive rates of exchange compared to banks.
2: Okay. And so that sounds like a lot what what kind of time frame does that take because I mean like if, if I do a wire, I can wire it today and it could be there tomorrow or the next day
0: um, yeah
1: it, it's 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 the same based on where you're sending money mean um, a lot of majors we have it there, but typically um, depending on when you get to it, same day or next uh, in, in our ability to get funds uh, into China uh, as long as the the uh is able to receive uh receive it it's i mean it's extremely comparable to a bank
2: okay okay good okay
1: and um, typically that. a lot less headache because you're not having to go actually into a into a branch necessarily
2: so a lot of lot oh. of cool value add okay so let me ask you this i've got a partner right now that um you know we're we're starting a, a new brand and stuff and one of these invoices that's going to be getting paid here in the next uh, day or two is, is for that brand so it, and she's really handling a lot of, of that side of the business. So what is it then? I just basically have to get in touch with you guys and then get her to get in the onboarding. And then from there, I mean, is there, is there people that you only work with because they're doing a certain number of volumes? Like how does, mm. like, what is that? What does that look like?
1: No, exactly. So we don't typically have a minimum if you're bringing funds home from an Amazon marketplace, if you're sending money outbound, uh, I mean, typically, it all depends on on the on the the relationship, but typically it's a a thousand dollar, a five hundred to a thousand dollar minimum uh, based That's, on whether yeah. you're, you're new or existing normal. client. But most folks yeah. are
2: paying a lot more than that per wire, yeah. anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're talking our wires. I mean, for down payments or generally, if we're just testing a market, is around fifteen hundred to two thousand. And then if we're, mm-hmm. we're doing a full fledged order, we're we're talking you know between the low end would be five grand to upwards of sure. You so know the I mean?
1: simplest way is. Sign up for an account. It doesn't take very, it takes, you know, probably five, 10 minutes to sign up for an account. We collect a few dots from you. Once, and once we, you go through our checks, which is usually happens, you know, very, you know, very quickly. It's uh, typically same day, as long as you get us the info, all you just say, Hey, I need to pay the supplier on this day. We pull the funds from you and deliver it for you. It's so simple. Cool. All right,
2: man. Definitely going to be checking that out. Awesome. Um, cool. that, that's definitely going to happen. Um, all right, cool. So um, let's, Let's just, I, I think we've covered a ton, and I, I don't want people's minds to, to get you know to get too overwhelmed here, but I, I think a lot of this stuff that we talked about is is critical. Um, I guess the biggest thing that I want to have people take away is is really like is it complicated to get this stuff set up a if they do it by themselves or B if they use the company like world first and yeah. I think I, I just want to hear that, and then I want to hear like. Again, maybe one more time, like what are what are the benefits to using a company versus just doing it themselves?
1: Mm -hmm. So the question being, is it complicated to set up to sell on Amazon in another market? Simple answer is no. But the thing is, people are scared about what they don't know. So number one, just as the way you got started selling on Amazon without knowing anything, step one is just do a little bit of research. What you will find is it's very simple to start the process even if you do it all on your own, it is simple. There is a ton of support out there, but there are other companies that can just, uh, expedite, you know, the, the, your, your ability to be successful in those markets. Sure. So I think the other quote that I really like is to have what others don't, you have to be willing to do things that they won't. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, and it's and it is very simple. So there are a lot of other companies out there that I mean specialize even end to end getting somebody set up. But simply mm. put, the, the number one thing you do is sign up on Amazon to, to in that in that local market, and they walk you through a lot of things you need to do, and you can fill in the gaps. I mean just yeah. learn on the fly or or lend, leverage somebody somebody else that can just you know help. I mean go go buy somebody a coffee who sells cross border. There's a ton of meetup groups and just ask hey what do I need to do to get started?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, again, it's a fear of the unknown for a lot of people. Um, and I think people that are starting into one marketplace don't want to go. I mean, even myself, I mean, we're, we're talking about just now starting to possibly launch um, some of our current products in other, uh, other countries. But it's almost like, and again, I don't think there's a right or wrong time when to do it. Mm-hmm. I think just me personally, um, I like to get, my, you know, my bearings, you know, in a certain marketplace first. Make sure the products are doing well. But then, like yeah. you said, you could take that same product that's just doing okay here and put it into another marketplace in another country, and it could do yeah. really, really well. Um, so,
1: they, so you can just test, too. That's the thing is you don't have to start with a massive pallet or a truckload. It can be mm-hmm. five units. And look, right. when you, the, my, my, my advice would be if you're going to start testing the market, don't focus on being profitable. Focus on sales velocity because yeah. at scale, everything yeah. else becomes uh, – you know, everything else, the, the cost gets lower. So sure. that's, a, I mean, the other thing too is that everybody claims, I mean, everybody, the ho-hum, you know, Amazon saturated in the U.S. One, yep. that's false. Two, even if that were true, uh, go, it's not saturated in other markets. So the thing right. is, is a lot of times a widget that I might sell here for the equivalent of $10, uh, a lot of times I could, because there aren't as many sellers selling that product in another market, I could sell
2: it at a higher profit margin. So maybe yeah. I sell as many units. But per
1: unit, I'm making more money.
2: Yeah, no, that's I, I get it, man. Yeah, that that makes total sense. Let me ask you this too. I'm gonna pick your brain here uh, and get your opinion. Um, out of all the countries right now, Amazon is is on or that is in. Which one do you hear the most about? That that's like up and coming. Uh, I mean, Germany is just massive.
1: Okay. Uh, so I, think I heard I, that I,
2: too.
1: I, yeah, so Germany's massive. But number one, if you're in the US. or or the UK and you're not selling on each other's marketplaces, that's step one. But you want to talk about something up and coming is Amazon China is really focusing on trying to attract Western brands and and retailers. So uh, we actually had an an event in Brooklyn uh, where we invited a lot of our, you know, bigger sellers and we actually had uh, a representative from Amazon China talk about the steps to get set up to sell into China. Mm -hmm. That is, Everybody's worried about the the uh, you know the the, the cost uh, you know the a lot of the the Chinese sellers who are selling in the U.S. They're able to drive down the cost because they're close uh, to the manufacturers. But the opposite's happening. Like a lot of Chinese buyers want Western brands and to buy mm. from Western companies. So that's another cool trend that everybody should pay attention it's to. It's funny because
2: that, that was my thought. As soon as you said selling into China, I'm like, why would I why would I want to do that? Because people that you know already you know um, Chinese companies are coming in. To the US space and hijacking and doing all of these crazy things. And now, why would I do that? But you just brought up a good point. Uh, sometimes they just want to buy from a US seller. Um, now, would it matter that it's not made in the US? Like if I'm sourcing it from China, but then I'm a US, I'm, am I still? Am I still that, or should it be a U.S. made product that could sell better in, Ch- in
1: the China? I think I think Chinese. it's both, but I think I think it's all about the brand. Oh, here's the thing: the brand. Um, yeah. Um, I I have a lot of good friends who love buying like a, 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 in, in China because uh, I studied there, so I spent a lot of time there. I have a lot of friends who love buying Western brands like Lacoste or Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of sure. them are manufactured, not none of them are manufactured in the U.S., but the brand sits in, in the West. Mm. So. That's it. It's not necessarily the origin as much as the brand and the product. As long as it's of a good quality, if they're getting, uh, you know, products that are that are that are Western in brands, that's what they really are after.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So it's more about the brand than than it is just the product. Yeah. In, in this it, it, exa- case. Yeah. It, I got it, you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes total sense. I and I I, I just want to say I I did I heard that um that Germany is definitely um one to be to be looking at so. Um, I'll definitely be keeping my eyes and ears on, yeah. uh, on that marketplace. Um, someone even said that, you know, you probably shouldn't even mention it, you know, it's, we want it to be our own little secret kind of thing. And here, <laughs> well, here we are talking to a few thousand people. Yeah, um, it's
1: funny. Another thing though, but like this is, I mean, you also want to know the facts too, but here's the thing. You also have to look at buyer behavior. So yeah. the difference with, with what we've seen with Germany is the, the rate at which they return things are more. So, okay. Like, okay. Uh, UK folks don't return things nearly as much, but it's not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not beyond a German to buy four uh, cell phone cases, knowing they're going to choose the best color and return three of them. Not always the case, not to scare anybody, but you just got to just do your research and see what the what the what the buyer behavior is like.
2: Yeah, no, it's great point, point. and you know you bring you bring up a really good point there, where uh, and I can see that happening, especially with clothing. I would think people would buy like, well, I'll just buy a small and a medium and see which one fits. I'll send the other one back. Oh, good
1: point. Good point. So regardless of where you are, I mean, that happens and I do that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do. I mean, you know, it's, I can see that happening. So if you do sell those types of products, just, just be aware that you are going to get higher you know, returns because people are going to do that. And you got to have that built into your margins and stuff too, you know, and because, uh, Technically, once they send it back, you can't really just put that back into your inventory. Now, you could have it sent back to you, repackage it, send it back as new, but it's another step that you'd have to do in that process. But again, when you're thinking about products, you're thinking about your brand, if there's something that you think that people are going to want to buy three of them because they're different colors and see which one looks better up against their kitchen stuff, um, you might want to be careful with that (laughs) or just be aware.
1: Yeah, and I know I know we're we're running quite quite long here. But one cool thing that I do want to mention too, there are a lot of companies that are out there that if you're let's say I'm a foreigner, a European selling in the US and I'm selling a good that I don't want returned back to me, they not mm-hmm. only can be your return provider and they can they can give you an address and collect your products, a lot of them will repurpose it, refurbish it and they'll sell it for you and just give you a cut back. So instead oh, of wow. you having to get the return all the way back, they're like, All right, well we're gonna gather these ten widgets that were returned but for no no other reason other than they didn't like the color so Mm -hmm. now they're going to repurpose them and sell them and then you can actually get a revenue share back by having them sell your products
2: so is it kind of like a consignment shop where they'll actually they won't buy them back but they'll take them back and then they'll list them and then they'll if they sell them they they give you a portion.
1: yeah exactly i think a company like i believe tradeport here in the u.s does that for foreign sellers
2: okay okay yeah that's actually that's, that's something i i actually have not heard of um so that's a new resource for me so Definitely give me the link to that. We'll put it up on the on the show notes yeah. page to this episode for sure. Because um, that's actually interesting. If you it, again, if you're a foreign seller, you, you don't necessarily want to have it shipped back to you and then have to have it uh, repackaged and then sent back. It's, you, you might as well not even do it. Um, yeah. But to exactly. have a company like that, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty powerful. That's a great yeah. man. There's a service for everything, right? <laughs> there is, man. There's a there's so <laughs> many out it's crazy so but that's a good service though i mean that's it's a it's a need right it's something that we we would need and we want so it's a great service look look at all these
1: incredible e-commerce companies that have popped up
2: uh whether they're new or they're existing they're all
1: the same story Mm -hmm. i was a seller and then i realized that i ran into an issue so i created a company to solve my own issue yep that's that's the prime example
2: yeah yeah no it's really good i love it um all right man so let's let's just wrap this up i think we we did we went down some really good (laughs) roads there and we did we did a lot of deep diving. but i think there's a lot of value that came out of this um episode i learned a ton already and uh i know we're going to have more conversations in the future and uh i just want to again say thank you jason for spending some time with us um. Why don't you let people know um, how they can get in touch with you or um, World First, and uh, we'll link everything up on the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. Perfect. So I'll provide a link directly to World First, uh, so you all can you know go directly to to the services we provide. Me personally, uh, my email is Jason so M A G E E at WorldFirst.com. So jason.magee at WorldFirst.com. Hit you know reach out to me, email me. If there's if there is if I don't know it. And I can't help. I can hopefully find somebody who can. So just let me know.
2: Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be awesome. And what we'll do too, guys, is I'll put a special link there as well because I did talk to Jason, and um, uh, you know they'll definitely take care of us TASers. So definitely um, sure. check out. Yeah, definitely check that out. And I know Jason. One of the reasons why you got in touch with me also, I think, was because some of the people that were coming to you had mentioned that they came from the podcast, and I hadn't even really mentioned. And, mm-hmm. which was pretty, which, which was pretty awesome. So I want to yeah. thank you for, for doing that, for reaching out and letting me know that, but also now being able to really give these, uh, you know, give these people that are, that are, you know, PAS followers and listeners um, just uh, direct access to you and to World First. So I want to thank you for that.
1: Hey, thank you. Yeah. And
2: I appreciate your audience. I mean, I, uh, they, they're
1: asking the really good questions and I think, Scott, what you've done in the last few years to create this community is, is incredible. And what I've seen, you guys are ridiculously helpful, super awesome. I think a lot of Amazon sellers are, but I think your group really does go above and beyond. So keep it going, guys, and ask away.
2: Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. And like I said, guys, awesome. I'll link everything up on the show notes, and uh, you can get access to, uh, to Jason in World First. And, uh, again, I'll give you guys a special link there, as always, and uh, just let everyone know there at World First if you do use them that Scott at the Amazing Seller sent you, and I'm sure it will take very good care of you. So, we Jason, will. I want to thank you so much, and I want to congratulate you too. You have a new baby coming, right?
1: I do, I do. It's uh, life's about to change here, here in uh. Now, is this your, first? It's, is this my your first? first? it's my first. Oh man! All little, right, little yes. boy, little boy. So it's uh. Oh man! I know how bad I was as a child, so I can only imagine <laughs> what's uh, what's in store for me.
2: Oh, man. You're going you're gonna to love it, though. I'll tell you what. It is life-changing, and you can't even describe it or even just even imagine what it will do uh, for you and, and, and your emotions and everything. It's, it's going to be an amazing moment for you. I'm excited for you, and uh, I think that you're going to you. really enjoy it. It's going to change the way you look at life. I promise you that um, in, in a good way. Uh, well, I yes, really
1: appreciate it. Thank yes, you. Yes, you will have some
2: of those times that you feel like pulling out your hair, but... That's part of the that's part of the, the road, man. You you signed up for it. That that's the journey, <laughs> man. I appreciate it, Scott. You've already given me
1: some some nice tips to being a father yourself, so thanks, man.
2: Yeah, no problem, Jason. All right, man. Take care, <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, thanks. Take care. Bye.
0: All right, so there you go. Again, I want to apologize for the audio, man. It really frustrated me when I got done with that, and I figured out that my audio was not being recorded through my podcast mic. Again, guys, you can see how things just happen, but in this case, I had to roll with it, and hopefully, you guys were able to uh, go through and pick out all those, those golden nuggets, those value bombs that uh, Jason was dropping for us because there was a ton in there, and when I got all done, I know I learned a ton, and I also feel a little bit more confident when I decide to go that route, and, uh, and I'll definitely be reaching out to Jason And world first to help me with that, which I'm already in the process now after the interview of talking to one of my partners and saying, like, we need to probably use them just to pay them in their local currency. And that could save us money. So, yeah, that totally opened up my eyes to a ton that we can do and that we should be doing when we are ready but again I want to just say thank you to Jason and World First for for you know allowing Jason to come on the show and uh and really just add a ton of value, and him and I have been talking, like I said, for the past uh, probably month, month and a half, and we've got a a lot of other things that we want to jump into, I wanted to start here, Um, Jason is advanced, he can go into a whole bunch of different directions, but I said, listen, I want to break this down, I want to chunk it down, this is one of the biggest questions I get for people that want to start selling internationally, whether it's into the US, or from the US to, you know, maybe Germany, or maybe Japan, or wherever, It's always a question that comes up. So, I wanted to knock this one out first. And this way, here, you guys have like the nuts and bolts that you guys need to get started or to even decide if you want to get started. Then, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into some other topics, which he's really, really, uh, really a smart guy, like I said, but he's really skilled in as far as helping other sellers in all aspects of their business when it comes to money, which I think, uh, you know, like money transferring and all of that stuff, because we need to understand how that works. And he can also guide us and lead us to other resources. And that's one thing I really picked up from Jason is that, you know, seeing that he's been doing this for, for over three years now and, and being able to, to work with a lot of sellers and a lot of companies for that matter, um, he's able to now network with some of these other companies that can also help us when we get to certain stages that maybe world first doesn't do or that he can't help us with, then he's able to guide us and, and kind of point us in the right direction. I think that's huge in anything, whether you go to a conference or whether you listen to this podcast and then you reach out to Jason and, uh, and you get some advice there. So like I've said before, I'm going to say it one more time, networking and finding the right people is key to being successful in any business, not just Amazon, but in this case, it is Amazon or your own e-commerce site. So definitely, definitely reach out to Jason, Um, World First. If you wanna go directly through my link, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash World First. And you can see what their what their company does. And again, if you have any questions, reach out to Jason or reach out to me and I can point you to Jason. And uh, this way here, we can get any questions that you have. So this way here, you can have all the information that you need to make that decision. So again, guys, TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash world first. And then also the show notes. I think you guys should definitely probably download these. Uh, the transcripts, the show notes, all that stuff can be found at TheAmazingSeller.com Forward slash 360. All right, guys. So that's it. Once again, I want to apologize for that mic issue. Uh, I feel really bad about that. And uh, I just wish that I can go back in time and fix that. But I can't. And, uh, and I'm not going to be able to. So hopefully, again, you guys were able to get all the value that we dropped here today. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you. And I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.